After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz in Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullahu Ta'ala bin Asrihi Al-Aziz stated that it is a great favour of Allah the Almighty upon you. It is a favour of Allah the Almighty upon the Ahmadiyya Jamaat and those Ahmadis who have come to this country in that he has enabled you to come to this developed country. And especially in the last few years, Ahmadis have migrated here from Pakistan and are still coming. Those who have migrated from Pakistan are because the conditions for Ahmadis there are continuing to worsen and it is due to this that it has become difficult for them to live there. Therefore, the Ahmadis here should be grateful to these governments who have allowed many Ahmadis who are facing persecution to come and live in these countries. However, the greatest favour which Allah the Almighty has bestowed upon us Ahmadis is that he has granted us the opportunity to accept the Imam of the age and the true devotee of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Thus, we cannot express enough gratitude to Allah the Almighty for this. And to express our gratitude to Allah the Almighty, it is by adhering to Allah the Almighty's commandments and it is to fulfill the rights of his worship and also the rights of his creation. However, this is only possible when we fulfill the due rights of our bath with the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam. And this is because in this day and age, the promised Messiah والسلام, is the guide who according to the prophecy of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is to guide us on the true teachings of Islam. Hence, every Ahmadi should be mindful of the fact that now the only means of acquiring the true teachings of Islam is through the promised Messiah And the reason for this is that the promised Messiah is that very individual who in this era was bestowed with the understanding and the insights of the Holy Qur'an and who was given the true knowledge of Islam by Allah the Almighty. The promised Messiah is that very individual who is a true devotee of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and who desires to morally train his community in accordance with the teachings 
and traditions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Therefore, in order to become true Muslims, we must now turn towards the promised Messiah and lead our lives in accordance with the path he has prescribed. We must strengthen our faith and we must have absolute conviction in the advent of the promised Messiah and consider him to be the judge and just arbiter, i.e. the Hakam and Adl. We must uphold the belief that now a person is able to tread on the path of the true teachings of Islam only by following the path prescribed by the promised Messiah Hence, advising those who have pledged initiation to the promised Messiah with regards to how they can uphold absolute faith and conviction in him, the promised Messiah states, that a person who proclaims to be a believer must elevate his belief to a state of conviction and deep insight. One should not only believe but also develop conviction and a deep insight as to why we are pledging initiation. The Promised Messiah further states, one should not get entangled in conjectures. One should not allow doubts to enter their hearts as to why such and such happened. Such questions should not arise. The promised Messiah states that remember, conjecture can be of no avail. For God Almighty says in the Holy Quran Himself, Inna zanna la yughni min al that surely conjecture avails nothing against truth. It is certainty alone that can enable an individual to succeed. And nothing can be achieved without absolute certainty. If a person starts to form conjectures regarding every matter, then he might not be able to survive in the world for even for a moment. The Promised Messiah states that he will not be able to drink water as he will suspect it to have been contaminated with poison. He will not be able to eat food from the market as he will suspect it to have been contaminated with a substance that will end his life. How will then he be able to survive? It will become difficult for him to live in such an instance. This is a general example and a person is able to benefit from this in relation to spiritual matters as well. The Promised Messiah states, Now reflect over this yourself and take a verdict from your hearts. If, after having pledged initiation at my hands and having accepted me as the Promised Messiah and the Judge and Just Arbiter, you have felt any grievance in your hearts regarding a decision or action of mine, then you should be concerned about your faith. A belief that is filled with concerns and doubts will not produce good results. However, if you have truly attested with your hearts to the fact that the Promised Messiah is indeed the Judge and Just Arbiter, then you should surrender yourself, as it were, to His commandments and actions. And you should respect His decisions so that you may be deemed among those who honour and respect the pure teachings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him. The Promised Messiah further states that the testimony of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is sufficient and he reassures that he will be your Imam. In other words, the Promised Messiah who shall appear will be your Imam and from among yourselves and he will be the judge and just arbiter. And if you are not content by this, then when will you become content? This path can most certainly not be a blessed one if, on the one hand, one affirms their belief, but at the same time holds misgivings in some chambers of his heart. That is, if we outwardly portray that we have believed, but also develop doubts regarding certain matters. The Promised Messiah states that those who have rejected me and those who raise allegations against me 
have in fact not recognized me. However, the one who has accepted me and then raises objections is even more unfortunate as he is blind although he sees. Hence, this is the standard of faith we must have. The promised Messiah gave the glad tidings that after him a system of Khilafat would be established. And not only the promised Messiah but the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also informed that along with the advent of the Messiah and the Mahdi, Khilafat would remain established until the end of times. And Khilafat Ahmadiyyah is that institution which carries forth the practice of the promised Messiah This is the institution which will uphold the commandments of the judge and just arbiter. In their pledge, every Ahmadi vows loyalty and obedience to Khilafat. Hence, from this perspective, it is incumbent upon every Ahmadi to fulfill the oath of loyalty and obedience to Khilafat. Otherwise, their pledge of allegiance is of no use. Hence, every Ahmadi should constantly strive to increase their faith and level of conviction. Then, whilst drawing his community's attention towards carefully reciting the Holy Qur'an, the Promised Messiah states that I have constantly advised those who are associated with me that God Almighty has established this community in order to uncover truths. Because without this, one's practical life will be devoid of any spiritual light. The Promised Messiah further states that I desire for Islam's beauty to be exhibited through practical verities for the entire world and it is for this purpose that I have been commissioned by God. Hence, read the Holy Qur'an a great deal, but not as a mere story. Instead, consider it to be a philosophy. Therefore, everyone must analyze themselves that have we immersed ourselves in worldly endeavors to the extent that we have forgotten the purpose of our pledge of allegiance? The promised Messiah states that God Almighty commissioned me in order to teach and implement the knowledge, understanding and commandments of the Holy Quran. The promised Messiah further states that whoever has pledged allegiance to me should understand this significance and ponder over the knowledge and understanding of the Holy Qur'an. They should strive to understand its meanings and commentary and this cannot happen until we strive to understand and read the Ruhani Khazain i.e. the spiritual treasures of the Promised Messiah and until we strive to understand and read the literature he has given to us. The Promised Messiah further states that the Holy Qur'an is not mere stories and fables. Rather, it is a code of life, a code of conduct, which is incumbent upon every Ahmadi Muslim to implement. If we forget our purpose after having come to these countries, and if we become immersed in worldly endeavours, and we do not strive to shape the environment in our homes according to the teachings of the Holy Qur'an, then our children and progenies will become distant from faith. And also, rather than being grateful, we would be negating the blessings bestowed by Allah the Almighty. Hence, there is a great need to ponder and reflect over this. Every Ahmadi, whether old or new, 
those born here or those who have migrated, they should all understand that our primary purpose is to obtain the nearness to Allah the Almighty and also to do justice to His worship and to read and understand His book and then also act upon it. It is only then that we can fulfill our Pledge of Allegiance. Those who migrated here have escaped worldly opposition. However, if they do not act according to the faith and do not possess understanding of the Holy Qur'an, then they cannot benefit from the blessings of Allah the Almighty. Similarly, new Ahmadis or those from here who have been Ahmadis for some time should also remember that one's purpose is not fulfilled simply by pledging allegiance. In fact, one's purpose can only be fulfilled when we adopt the Islamic teachings and this will not happen until we read and understand the Book of Allah the Almighty. The Promised Messiah states that I tell you truly that this is a ceremony which Allah the Almighty has created for the virtuous. Blessed are those who benefit from this. Those of you who have associated yourselves with me should absolutely never become prideful and think that you have attained whatever it was that you meant to. The Promised Messiah further states that it is true that you have attained more virtue than those who deny and have displeased God through their severe opposition and insults. And it is also true that you have taken precautions to avoid God's anger through your positive thinking. However, the truth is that you have drawn near to the spring which God has created now in order to attain eternal life. However, the water remains to be drunk. Therefore, seek the ability to be satiated through the grace and benevolence of God Almighty because without God, nothing can be done. Without the grace of God Almighty, nothing can be achieved which is why one should always seek the grace of God. The Promised Messiah further states, As Certainly, I am aware that anyone who drinks from this spring will not be ruined, because this water grants life and protects against ruin and safeguards against the attacks of Satan. How can one be satiated by this spring? For this, you must completely fulfill the two rights assigned to you by God Almighty. The first are the rights owed to God and the second are of His creation. Know your God to be one and without partner as you declare through the creed Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah That is, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. The Promised Messiah states that this is such a beautiful statement that if it were taught to Jews, Christians or other polytheists and idol worshippers and they truly understood it, they would certainly never face ruin. It is due to not having this creed that they faced destruction and difficulty and their souls were afflicted and ruined. Hence, 
observe the manner in which the promised Messiah has reassured us and given us the guarantee that if we take benefit from and drink of the water from the spring we have discovered after having pledged allegiance and accepting him, i.e. the promised Messiah and not just in words but also through our actions, then this serves as a guarantee that we will never face spiritual ruin. And this is owing to the fact that it was the promised Messiah who came to further propagate the message of the Holy Qur'an and the commandments of Allah the Almighty. The promised Messiah further states that therefore remember that pledging allegiance is not enough. Rather, Allah the Almighty desires action. And he who takes action is never deprived of the grace of Allah the Almighty and nor will he face ruin. And one is able to develop such a state when the proclamation of Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah that is, I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah manifests inwardly and outwardly. There should be none else more beloved to you than Allah the Almighty and nothing that you desire more than His pleasure. You should observe absolute obedience to the commandments of Allah the Almighty. From this, each and every one of us can evaluate ourselves that upon reciting the kalima, is Allah the Almighty indeed more beloved to us than everything else? And does attaining His pleasure remain our true objective? And are we completely obedient to the commandments of Allah the Almighty? If at the time of prayer we are not immediately inclined to offering prayer, and if we do not leave our worldly pursuits and immediately come for prayer after Allah the Almighty has summoned us, then, although we recite the kalama, but there is a hidden tendency of shirk in our hearts. And our worldly affairs are standing on par with God Almighty. However, a believer holds such conviction and should hold such conviction that my worldly affairs and work will only be blessed by Allah the Almighty's grace. And so how could it be that my worldly affairs come to stand at par with Allah the Almighty's calling? If such is the case, then we have not understood the true essence of the kalima. And though we may pronounce a verbal proclamation, but our actions do not align with our proclamation. And though we may have arrived at the spring, but have not extended our hands to drink from it. Thus, the promised Messiah stated that if this is your state, then you have not done justice to your pledge of allegiance. The Kalima Shahadat not only teaches us and instructs us to fulfill the rights of Allah the Almighty, but it also steers our attention towards fulfilling the rights of His creation. For Allah the Almighty Himself has instructed and commanded us to do so. And when one fulfills both these rights, it is only then do they become a true believer. And it is only through this can a true Ahmadi Muslim do justice to their pledge of allegiance. Furthermore, whilst advising those who have pledged allegiance to him, the promised Messiah states that if you continue to remain absorbed in the world, then there is no benefit to your repentance at my hand. Repenting at my hand is akin to accepting death in order that you are born into a new life.
In other words, one should undergo a spiritual rebirth after taking the Pledge of Allegiance. But if one does not find new spiritual life, and the same worldly passions and desires persist, then a Pledge of Allegiance is of no benefit in this state. The Promised Messiah further states that if you do not pledge allegiance with your heart, it will yield no results. In pledging allegiance to me, God desires for an attestation from your heart. And whoever accepts me with a sincere heart and truly repents from their sins, then the all-forgiving and merciful God will surely forgive their sins. And one enters a state as though they have been delivered from their mother's womb, whereupon angels safeguard them. One becomes completely innocent in such a state. The Promised Messiah further states that if even one pious man lives in a village, then on account of that pious man and for his sake, Allah the Almighty protects that whole village from destruction. However, when destruction comes, it falls upon everyone. Nonetheless, through some way or means, God still saves his servants. It is the practice of Allah that even if a single pious person remains, others are also saved on their account. This fundamental principle should always be kept in mind that Allah the Almighty hears the prayers of His sincere servants and accepts their righteous deeds. Thus, we should strive to make our worship solely for Allah the Almighty's sake and our actions should derive the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. It is apparent from the current condition of the world that clouds of a dreadful devastation are looming over us. Only yesterday, the American president gave a statement that if the president of Russia makes use of nuclear weapons, then there will be retaliation from the other side as well. And so the devastation that ensues will result in the end of the world. Therefore, those living in these countries after having migrated here should not be under the impression that they are safe. In fact, no one is safe anywhere. Because when the leaders of these world powers lose their minds, then they do not take any considerations. Therefore, in such circumstances, it is the duty of Ahmadis to pray and offer worship solely for the sake of Allah the Almighty. And as the Promised Messiah stated, that for the sake of pious people and for the sake of his sincere servants, Allah the Almighty saves others as well. This is what we derive from the Holy Quran, the words of Allah the Almighty. Therefore, no one should be under the impression that after migrating here they are safe and that the future of their children is secure. Not at all. On the contrary, we are passing through very dangerous times. And if anyone can save us in these conditions, then it is only Allah the Almighty. Therefore, bow down before Him and also teach your offspring to bow before him as well, so that you may protect yourselves and your children. This world will not save us, and nor will it secure our and our children's future. Rather, if we do justice to the proclamation of La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, that is, there is none worthy of worship except Allah, and Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah, then Allah the Almighty will save the world on account of our humble prayers and good deeds. In these days, offer plentiful prayer in this regard as well, before the condition of the world worsens beyond bounds. The Promised Messiah والسلام, states, Virtue is that which takes place beforehand. If one were to act later, then it would be of no benefit.
God does not accept the virtue which merely springs forth from a natural reaction. For example, when a ship sinks, everyone weeps. When a ship is about to sink, everyone begins to weep, yet prior to this everyone is smiling and laughing. However, seeing as crying and weeping are a result of natural demands, it can therefore be of no benefit in that moment. Rather, it will only be beneficial prior to this, when there is a state of peace. The Promised Messiah further states, that know for certain that this is the secret to attaining God, whereby one remains vigilant and attentive beforehand. They should remain so cautious as if they are about to be hit by lightning as it strikes. If one is alert, then they will be aware of the lightning striking, and no matter how many thunderbolts there are, they will not be struck by them. However, the lightning shall hit and destroy one who sees it and cries out, for they fear the lightning and not God. Hence, the Promised Messiah has given us a very clear warning that we must develop a relationship with God Almighty and we must do so now. Right now, the clouds of danger have begun to form or in other words, they can be controlled if so desired. But they can also spread at any moment. Therefore, it is the faith the relationship with Allah the Almighty and the prayers of Ahmadis which can save the world from destruction. Supplicate whilst instilling compassion in your hearts for the world and explain to those within your spheres of influence that if we do not turn our attention to the rights of God and the rights of mankind, then this beautiful world can change into one of desolation. Hence, every Ahmadi must strive to fulfill the obligations with this in mind. Then, whilst drawing further attention to prayer, the Promised Messiah states, Observe how you prepare your fields with effort and hope for some profit. Likewise, the days of peace are for hard work. If you remember God now, you shall taste the fruits thereof even if it seems difficult to attend the prayers in conjunction with all the worldly occupations. Here the Promised Messiah stated very clearly that with all the worldly tasks it may seem very difficult to attend the prayers, even more so the Tahajjud prayers. But the Promised Messiah states, However, if one makes it a habit now, then they will suffer no more. If you supplicate, then that benevolent and merciful God will bestow his favours. The Promised Messiah further states that you carry out your works, i.e. worldly work, you show mercy on yourselves and your households, you tend to their needs and show compassion to children. And so, as you show them this mercy, there is also another method of doing so. That is to say, that just as you show them compassion in a worldly sense, there is also another method of doing so. And what is that method? It is to supplicate for them in your prayers. Pray for them whilst bowing and whilst prostrating that Allah the Almighty averts this trial and protects them from the punishment. One who supplicates does not remain deprived. It is not at all possible for one who prays to be killed like the ignorant impure ones. If this was not the case, then God would never be recognized. He distinguishes between his truthful servants and others, and one is seized while the other is saved. Therefore, be sure to fully develop true sincerity. Even though the Promised Messiah stated this in that era when the plague was widespread, but it is just as important nowadays, as I have mentioned, as we witness the signs of a global destruction, that we especially submit to Allah the Almighty. For this is the only way for us 
and the world to be safeguarded. The promised Messiah also gave special instructions to his community to adopt high morals. For displaying high morals is also among the commandments of Allah the Almighty. The promised Messiah states that reforming one's morals is an incredibly difficult task. Until a person reflects over their state, they cannot reform themselves. Thus, one ought to analyse themselves. What does one say? How does one spend the entire day? One should analyse how they are spending their lives, how they are spending each day and reflect over what good deeds they performed or what ill deeds were they guilty of, what virtues did they do and what evil did they commit. Until one reflects over their own conditions, they cannot reform themselves. The promised Messiah further states, uttering profanities will foster hatred Therefore, always keep your tongue under control. The Promised Messiah further states, Observe how a person can never harbour hatred for one whom they consider to be their well-wisher. Utter foolish is the person who does not show any mercy to their own soul and places themselves in grave danger by failing to utilise their faculties properly and does not enhance their moral qualities. In other words, wisdom dictates that one ought to nurture the strengths and capabilities bestowed to one by God in such a manner, whereby every action is a demonstration of the most excellent morals. If one acts immorally over small and trivial matters, then they place their own selves in great danger. It should also be remembered that on the one hand Islam emphasises that in personal matters one ought to demonstrate patience, restraint, resolve and the highest of morals as well as abstaining from quarrels. At the same time it also urges one to show their sense of honour and dignity for their faith whilst remaining within the parameters of the law. Thus, whilst drawing our attention towards this sense of honour for one's faith, the promised Messiah states, Whosoever announces that they have left the fold of Islam and they utter vile profanities and are a dangerous opponent, their case is different. For example, the companions faced such difficulties and had to listen to the vilification of Islam by some of their relatives. But despite them being close relatives and those with whom they had familial ties, the companions gave precedence to Islam. The Promised Messiah states that a person who is a staunch enemy of Islam and utters vile abuse against the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, they are worthy of contempt and to sever all ties with them. But if a person is such whereby they are indolent in their affairs, then one ought to overlook their shortcoming, as they are deserving of this. And one should not put strain on the relationship they seek to establish. Therefore, if one does not show hostility, then one can maintain ties with them and one ought to maintain cordial ties with them. But if a person is a staunch opponent and despite repeatedly explaining to them they do not desist in hurling abuse at Islam and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then in such an instance one ought to show their sense of dignity and honour for their faith. In this manner, every Ahmadi ought to hold a sense of honour and dignity with regards to the promised Messiah Despite explaining to a person if they still hurl abuse against the promised Messiah then we cannot extend a hand of friendship to such a person and nor should the sense of pride and honour within an Ahmadi permit them to do so. Many people among you have migrated here from Pakistan and they have first-hand experience at just how vulgar the language is that is used against the Promised Messiah by the so-called clerics. And so, if we are told to express our love for them or stop ourselves from praying that may their evil return back upon them, then our religious pride and honour does not permit to do this. 
The same principle will apply in this case as well, as explained by the Promised Messiah But at the same time, we do not take the law into our own hands against such people, because this is a teaching of Islam that one should not take the law into their own hands. Another quality which the Promised Messiah has mentioned that needs to be adopted by Ahmadis after taking the bath is to instill love for one another and establish a spirit of brotherhood. Imparting guidance on this, the Promised Messiah states that our community cannot flourish until we truly have compassion for each other. We ought to use all our faculties to love those who are weak. In other words, whatever abilities and faculties we have been granted, we should utilize those and show love to those who are weak instead of displaying hatred or contempt. The Promised Messiah further states that I often hear that when an individual sees another stumble, then rather than extending him courtesy, that individual looks at him with abhorrence and disgust. The Promised Messiah stated that this is wrong and he further stated that a community can only be formed when people conceal the faults of one another and treat one another like true brothers. The Promised Messiah stated in a very heartfelt manner that it is not right for the Jamaat to have internal conflict. The companions instilled true love and brotherhood for one another and thereby became a Jamaat, i.e. a community. And the Promised Messiah also expected the same from the members of his Jamaat in that they establish a bond of brotherhood like the companions did. The Promised Messiah states, that Allah the Almighty has established this community in the same manner, in other words, just like the community established by the companions, and he shall establish the same spirit of brotherhood here as well. I have high hopes from God Almighty, the Promised Messiah further states, to complain about one another and to injure the sentiments of others and to hurt one's feeling by speaking harshly and to look upon the weak and humble with contempt is a grave sin. Thus, to be considerate of one another's emotions is among high morals. And when we adopt these virtues, then we will be able to fulfill the expectations of the Promised Messiah And it is only then that we can become the recipients of the rewards which Allah the Almighty has promised to grant the Jamaat of the Promised Messiah And it is only then that we will be able to reap the blessings of Allah the Almighty. In the time of the Promised Messiah people belonging to different tribes and communities from within India were entering the fold of the Jamaat. But now, according to the promises vouchsafed to the Promised Messiah people from different nations, tribes, race and ethnicity have entered and continue to enter the Jamaat from all over the world. Thus, it is a great favour of Allah the Almighty upon the people of different nations, race and ethnicity that He has enabled them to enter the Jamaat of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and the Jamaat of His true servant, and thus become united like one people. The Promised Messiah has drawn attention to the fact the members should become like brothers to one another. And the Promised Messiah also stated that although we have different fathers, but we share one spiritual father and we are the branches of a single tree. Therefore, irrespective of our race, whether one is white, African-American, Pakistani, Indian or Spanish, by entering the Ahmadiyya Jamaat, 
we have become the progeny of one spiritual father, and no one has any superiority over another owing to their race, ethnicity or colour. This is because we all share the same spiritual father. And this was the same message announced by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in his final sermon. Therefore, if we are mindful of this and work as one and be considerate of one another's feelings, then Allah the Almighty shall continue to grant us success. The promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam, states, that Allah the Almighty wants to make our Jamaat as a model for others. However, can one serve as an example for others through mere superficial words and without any practical conduct? In fact, in order to become an example for others, one has to strive greatly and make great efforts. And we also have to do the same by elevating our standards of worship and also by reforming our moral conditions and by raising the standards of our mutual love and brotherhood. We have to assess our conditions, whether we are serving as an example for others in this regard. Then, whilst further drawing our attention towards raising our standards, the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, states that Allah the Almighty loves the righteous. Be mindful of the greatness of Allah the Almighty and remain fearful of Him. In other words, instill the fear of Allah the Almighty in your hearts and remember that everyone is the creation of Allah. Do not commit injustice against anyone nor treat them harshly or look down upon anyone. The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, further states that even if one person in the Jamaat is impure, he will taint the entire Jamaat. Thus, the highest order of sympathy and morals can only be developed when righteousness, i.e. taqwa, is instilled in the heart. Then, whilst advising the Jamaat in relation to this, the Promised Messiah states that it is particularly incumbent upon my community to adopt righteousness, especially in view of the fact that they associate themselves with such a person and pledge allegiance to him who claims to be divinely commissioned. In this way, they shall be delivered from the diverse forms of malice, rancor, associating partners with God, and worldly attachment that may plague them. The Promised Messiah further states, And so let my community grieve more than anything else. One grieves over so many things in the world. However, the Promised Messiah states, and let my community grieve more than anything else over whether they possess righteousness or not. Therefore, if we want to fulfill the due rights of our bath, i.e. our pledge of allegiance, and if we want to become truly grateful for the favours of Allah the Almighty, then we need to constantly assess our conditions. May Allah the Almighty grant us the ability to live our lives according to the expectations of the promised Messiah and may we always give preference to our faith over the world and may the fear of Allah the Almighty be instilled in our hearts and may we truly fulfil the due rights of the declaration of Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah that I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and may we join the Jamaat of the Akhirin, i.e. those who were to come in the latter days, whose glad tidings were given to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, by Allah the Almighty. May Allah the Almighty give us the ability to do so. Whilst coming here, Amir Sahib mentioned to me that 28 years ago, on this very day, 14th October, this mosque was inaugurated. It has been 28 years since the inauguration of this mosque. The Ahmadis living in this area, those who have been residing here for a long time, and as well as those who have newly arrived here should reflect upon how much they have progressed in their spirituality and to what extent they have tried to fulfil the due rights of this mosque. May Allah the Almighty enable this mosque to continue serving the people that come here for centuries to come and may Allah the Almighty protect it 
from all kinds of worldly afflictions. However, we can only do true justice to the mosques when we keep them populated whilst trying to fulfill their due rights. May Allah the Almighty also give us the ability to do so.